0: Good morning Hope Church, really great to be with you this morning. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness. Thank you because you love us. Thank you because you lead us on. Thank you that you've been watching over us over this period of time. And Father, I want to pray that you would continue to guide us and strengthen us in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. During July and August, I did a three-part series called Living by Faith. If you've not watched those or listened to them, I would encourage you to do so. They focused really more specifically on the word of faith, that is, having a word from God that we stand on and trust in. I had intended to start a series on Galatians this month, but felt in my praying that I needed to continue on this theme of faith. And so we're going to look at that in the coming weeks. It's quite amazing that when a particular topic is in your focus, in your mind, that when you read the Bible, how it stands out, that particular theme seems to shine through every verse that you read. And I had this focus on faith over a a number of months, really. And I want to share a few scriptures this morning that really stood out to me in terms of faith. The first is Galatians 2 verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and it carries this idea that faith is a day by day lifestyle he lives every day in his body by faith the Son of God. That's a real challenge. We can sometimes live by faith in our quiet time or on a Sunday, but God expects us every single day to live by faith. Romans 1 verse 5. Through him, that is Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship, to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Faith produces obedience. It's not just a mental agreement. It's not just a passive agreement. It means that we spring into action and we come obedient through faith. Romans 1 verse eight. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. It's interesting, isn't it? That in an age where many people say my faith is private, my faith is something specifically to me, in the New Testament, it was evident that people's faith was visible. Those who did not believe in Jesus saw that faith. It was something that they could grab a hold of and say, wow, that person is living by faith. And it brings a challenge, doesn't it? Can people see my faith? Can people see the faith of those who are part of Hope Church and Christ's body? Romans 1:16 to 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Righteousness comes from faith, a faith that starts, continues and ends with faith. We don't just follow Jesus because we had faith to believe for salvation. We follow Jesus because we need faith, not just for salvation, but to continue and to end well. Faith is an ongoing process. And then he highlights that by saying the righteous will live by faith. Some translations say that through righteousness or that faith produces the righteousness. Now, these are just examples. The word of faith, appears 265 times in the New Testament. It's an important word and it is crucial to those of us who follow Jesus. So I want to do two things over the coming weeks. I want to investigate the word and then I want to investigate its application in the lives of biblical characters. I'm not sure how long it will take, but I'm sure that it will be a good ride for all of us going along. So we're going to start with the word faith, about its meaning, what does it mean, and how is it used. The Greek word for faith here is the word pistis. And I want to look at a few definitions of this word faith. The Lexham Theological Wordbook says that this word faith in Greek means faith, faithfulness. It says this noun denotes the idea of faith as in trust or faithfulness as in fidelity. This word can refer to faithfulness as well as trust, God's faithfulness is guaranteed. Habakkuk 2 verse 4 is cited three times in the New Testament in Romans, Galatians and Hebrews and the quotation is but the righteous will live by faith. The Greek-English lexicon of the New Testament says that faith is to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance To believe in, to have confidence in, to have faith in, to trust, faith and trust. Now there's another dictionary called the Dictionary of Biblical Languages and it gives six distinct nuances of the word faith. Faith is what can be believed, uh, a state or certainty with regard to belief. Uh, Faith is about trust, a complete trust in someone, it's about trustworthiness, a state of complete dependability, it's about Christian faith, that is the gospel, Uh, it is about doctrine, the content of what we believe, and it is about a promise, the pledge to be faithful. And so you begin to see that this word faith has quite a range of meaning, although you'll notice in essence, it is all about trust. In the New Testament, the word is used uh, in those different contexts. Now I just want to break that down for a moment. So out of 265 uses, nearly 150 of those uses, the word is simply about trust strong confidence in, reliance upon someone or something, often with the object of trust understood. So half of its use is about trusting in someone. The The next highest is 30%, which is trust in the gospel. That is in Jesus Christ, who is the content of the gospel and all that he says. And then we move down to faithfulness as a quality. And then there are lesser uses or nuances of the word about assurance in faith, about an oath in faith that is a commitment and about how the gospel is applied. So in order of importance in the New Testament faith is very clearly defined as trust and reliance in Jesus as a person. It's also defined as trust in Jesus as the content of the gospel. Jesus is the gospel, and then by implication, uh, faith is also defined as trust in God's word because we know that the Bible is God's word. Then we find that faith is defined as the faith, that is the content of the gospel. What should we believe? This is why, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it's not about a one-off decision, but it's about ensuring that our lives are based upon everything that Jesus taught his disciples. Then it's about faithfulness, not just the faithfulness of Jesus, but our faithfulness to him. Then it speaks of assurance that we know that Jesus will do everything that he has promised. We have confidence in Jesus. And then finally, it carries this idea of an oath, our commitment to Jesus because he is committed to us. I hope you see that faith is a deep word. It is a word with deep meaning. Now, applying it purely in terms of understanding would be a massive neglect of this meaning. And there's a a guy called Matthew Bates who's written a book called The Salvation Allegiance and The Gospel Allegiance. Good books if you are in for a read. And he describes the term faith or he describes the whole idea under this word allegiance. And I think allegiance is probably the best definition of the word for us in the context that we're in. The reason I like allegiance is that for many people, the term faith is passive. That means they made a decision many years ago and there is no activity in their faith to date. Many people think that faith is just about creeds and rituals and sacraments, but actually it is more than just understanding. Faith is something to commit your whole life to. Faith is something that requires a complete lifestyle change. Faith is something that requires a moral shift of your values and the outworking of those. Now, if you didn't follow all of those various nuances of definition I gave on faith, don't be disturbed. The idea simply is that faith is trusting in Jesus Christ. And a good way to describe that is this term allegiance that I have mentioned. When you think of all the nuances of faith things like assurance, confidence, trust, um, things like pledge and oath, it comes under this amazing word allegiance. Allegiance requires that we have trust and reliance in the person that we are allied, allied to. Allegiance means that we stand behind what they stand for. Allegiance means that we live by their values. Allegiance means that we have confidence that they can do what they have promised that they will do. And also, allegiance means that we will demonstrate our commitment to them. Our faith in Jesus is demonstrated by our allegiance to him. And in our allegiance to him, we are demonstrating faith. We are encapsulating this word faith by being allied to Jesus. I think allegiance is such a good word In the season that we are in. There are many binary groups out there today. These are groups that say we're right and you're wrong. Political parties, social justice parties, environmental parties, and they are all looking for allegiance. They want people to ally themselves with them. If I follow Jesus, my allegiance has already been given and taken by him. Both Matthew 6.24 and Luke 16.13 say exactly the same thing. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's true, we can't serve both God and money. But let me tell you something else, you cannot serve both God and the Conservative Party, both God and the Labour Party, both God and the Liberal Democrats, and you can insert any party into that group. You also can't serve God and social justice groups, or God and equality groups, or God and environmental groups, and the like, there are so many of these groups out there, all looking for your allegiance. Why can you not serve them? Because your allegiance lies elsewhere. If you are a follower of Christ, you have already given your allegiance to Jesus. No one else, no other group, full stop. Now, you might think, well, does that mean I can't get involved in these things? Well, of course not, because we are part of God's group on social justice on equality, on political governance, on environmental responsibility. God's group is called the church. Have you heard of it? The church is the largest worldwide provider of humanitarian aid. The church has historically been the greatest catalyst for human freedom, for human justice and social responsibility. The head of this church, is Jesus Christ himself. He has sent his Holy Spirit into every believer to empower them to fulfill his plans. This is why a believer never aligns himself to any other group. Why? Because they have already aligned themselves to Jesus. Now there's another truth in this, that if whatever party you align yourself to is not aligned with Jesus, if they are not following Jesus, if they're purely a human secular group, then we need to listen to the advice of Gamaliel in the New Testament in Acts 5 verse 38. He said, if the purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. Let me tell you, every political group, every social group, every humanitarian group that does not have God in focus and Jesus at its head will ultimately fail. The church is all-encompassing. It deals with every human ill, but with one main difference. It comes from a point of truth. It doesn't start from a point of human expediency, that is benefit to humans, and it requires an adherence to God's policies as part of the solution. If we are going to solve country governance, justice, social action and so forth, we start by bringing ourselves under God's governance. It recognises that at the root of all human ills is human sin, human disobedience to God goaded on by the devil himself. Secular organizations reject this. You look at all the groups that I have mentioned, all these groups that appear to do good, they will reject that the ultimate issue is governance by God, submission to him and sin of humanity. And so we can't align ourselves with those because we are already part of a church and these groups will ultimately fail. The church recognizes that the cure... To all these ills is Jesus Christ himself, his death, his burial and his resurrection. And that the answer to our ills is to bring ourselves under the governance of God. The church of Jesus Christ is the only solution. It is God's solution. For any group to be successful in God, they need to align themselves to the church, not the other way around. You know, it, it just makes me so sad when I see Christian organizations submitting themselves to secular organizations the wrong way around. At the end we do not have anything in common with groups that do not see God as the head over all things. Now this is not popular in our day. On Facebook there are so many groups out there vying For your allegiance, wanting your support and yet if you follow Jesus you need to say to them I'm really sorry but my support has already been given. The irony is that the freedoms that we have today came at the hands of the church in history. Christians who followed Christ who brought tremendous social and political freedoms to our nations. As Jesus and his truths have been replaced over many years, we find that selfish governments and the wealthy are bringing these freedoms to an end. A complete lack of a moral compass in our nation means that we will find more of our freedoms will disappear. Our nation has turned its back on God in general and it's opened itself up to demonic attacks. And so we understand that if we are going to live by faith, it will only happen as we commit ourselves to Jesus, to his body, the church, which we are a part of, and we work under its banner to remove social injustice, to look at governance within country, and to help people to, be, uh, to move forward and to deal with the sin in their life. So we embark on this journey of faith. We focus on our allegiance to jesus christ we look at those who've gone before us and we will discover that there is a truth about those who have forged a way ahead of us these were completely committed to jesus no one else they did his bidding and not the world in hebrews 11 verse 33 to 40 it says this about these people it was these who through faith conquered kingdoms administered justice and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection." Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had, been, what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together, with us, would they be made perfect. So I want to ask you today in this journey of faith, where is your allegiance today? Is it clearly in Jesus or is it somewhere else? Are you happy to be part of his body, the church? Are you happy to fly the flag of the church and to say that everything that you do, everything that I do, will be done under the banner of the church because that is Christ's organisation and that is the only hope that we have for the world. So I ask you again, where is your allegiance? Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. I want to thank you because you have made it possible for the world to be saved through this amazing organisation called the church. And the church is not a building. It is made up of every person who follows Jesus Christ, who puts their faith in Jesus and lives a life of faith. And so Lord, help us to put this trust in you. Help us to look to you. Help us to walk towards you in complete trust. Lord I bless you, I thank you for your goodness and I want to pray that you would enable us this week to look to you, to uh, get that strength from you that we need. And so Father bless your word today, everything that is of mine let it fall to the ground but let your word burn richly in people's hearts and minds and produce the fruit that you have sent it out to produce. Lord we thank you and bless you, in Jesus name, Amen. God bless you. Have a really great day.